Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. When gambling isn't gambling, the legality of GTA V's Diamond Casino. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And it must be gambling week here in Virtual Legality because we've got another story that piggybacks off the story we talked about earlier this week that the United Kingdom had decided that FIFA packs and loot boxes could not be construed as gambling under the United Kingdom's laws. And we've got a new we've got a new topic because Grand Theft Auto V recently launched its casino apparatus, its its DLC content patch for its online services. And everybody's reacting to this fact that I've now highlighted in this BBC News article uh, from our friends in the United Kingdom. It says Grand Theft Auto's Diamond Casino, that's the new DLC, Let's cash be turned into chips. Now that's alighting a little bit of what's happening here because it actually lets virtual cash be turned into virtual chips. And that might be actually pretty important. A lot of folks on my social media timeline have been reacting to this. A lot of folks that I have seen in forums have been reacting to this as uh, crossing the Rubicon moment, that this is the time when it's going to be too obvious that these transactions are gambling and that legislators are going to be able to bring a claim against Rockstar or bring a claim against Take-Two or something else. And the point of this virtual legality episode is to comment on the state of the law as it is in the United States. We talked about the United Kingdom earlier this week and to really kind of suss out exactly why, although this has bad optics, although this looks bad right now, it's probably not gambling under federal or state law as it stands this second which again, in virtual legality, is not a position of advocacy. We're not saying it shouldn't be changed. You can say that if you like. We'll have our own opinions on that, but you're free to disagree with me on my social media channels, on Twitter at Hoaglaw, or in the comments to this video, whatever it is that you like. But the point of it is that the the statutes right now, the legislation that stands right now, probably doesn't outlaw this, probably doesn't regulate this kind of activity. And it's for the same reason that we talked about with respect to the United Kingdom. There isn't value associated with what's happening here. So let's take a look at the story. It says Grand Theft Auto V has opened an in-game casino where real money can be spent on gambling chips, but they cannot be converted back into cash. And that's the important part. They cannot be converted back into cash. So said another way, we saw that the United Kingdom earlier this week said, hey, loot boxes aren't gambling, essentially because no matter what amount of money you put into them, you're never getting anything out. Yes, you might prefer a diamond athlete in FIFA to a bronze athlete. Absolutely, we understand that. You might prefer a skin in Overwatch to whatever the lame filler is that they're putting into those loot boxes at this point in time. But because there is no legally acceptable secondary market for these things, because the terms and conditions of the company say that they're non-transferable, you can't sell them, those kinds of things, it can't be considered gambling because once you put in that dollar, you're never getting anything back out that could become a dollar. So it's not gambling. You're essentially just putting your dollar in for zero dollars of value. Uh, And under the rules of the law, 
that means that you can't regulate that kind of activity, even though we're looking at something that the laws really weren't designed to think about. We really didn't have any concept of loot boxes or downloadable content, really, when these things were written. And so they are outdated in that sense. And the question is whether they should be updated to cover these kinds of things. The new feature, the online casino in Grand Theft Auto V, was launched as regulators grapple with whether in-game wagers should be treated as gambling. In GTA Online, players can buy in-game dollars with real currency and then convert their virtual dollars to gambling chips. The game is rated for ages 18 and over, but remains popular among young teens, which is their way of kind of putting their foot in the door for the, it's for the children when we talk about regulation of things like this. The in-game currency can be used to acquire cars, weapons, and cosmetic items and used to play slot machines, roulette, or poker. Some players reported that while they could walk around the casino area, the gambling tables were blocked in their country where gambling is illegal in its entirety. Gamers had mixed reactions to the discovery that gambling chips can be purchased with cash. Popular British streamer uh, Broey1322, maybe? who was showcasing the new content on Twitch, said they've done it. I can't believe they've done it after finding that in-game dollars can be exchanged directly for chips. Always a good sign in your news article when you start quoting random Twitch streamers that don't actually talk about the topic that you're talking about and just say they've done it. But, you know, that is what it is. They've gone over the line of what they would, and it's a big problem that they allow you to buy chips with real money, frankly, he added later as viewers debated the system. It's unclear what that big problem would be from Broey1322, but presumably he has the same kind of negative optical reaction that some others might. And, and that in truth, when I looked at this in, initially, I said, oh, well, that probably is going to call the eyes of the legislature down upon you to at least discuss this. He said ahead of the launch, it was not clear if such an exchange would be possible and that gaming news site Kotaku speculated that chips would only be earned by playing the game, similar to the way it works in Rockstar's other recent online game, Red Dead. Red Dead Redemption, and in many other games. This way, players can't spend real money or win fake money that is worth real cash in the casino, it wrote. Well, if that is what Kotaku wrote, and I didn't pull up the Kotaku article here, it's not accurate. At no point is the fake money worth real cash, and that's really the crux of the issue here. Describing this further, chips can be spent on blackjack, poker, slot machines, video horse racing, roulette, or spent on furnishing a casino penthouse with a wide array of customizable items. Uh, other gamers were excited by the update, which has been hinted at for about six years and also contains an array of missions, story scenes, and new vehicles centered around the casino resort. Uh, the conversion rate of money in 2019 is roughly $500,000 for six pounds. Again, this is a British news story. With discounts for higher amounts purchased, there is also a limit on how many chips can be bought every hour in the new casino. But the fact that in-game gambling winnings cannot easily be converted back into real-world world cash may be the key distinction for regulators. The UK gambling watchdog told MPs on Monday, and we, this is exactly what we discussed in virtual legality, that it does not oversee the purchase of in-game content like video game loot boxes because there is no official way to monetize the winnings. A prize has to either be money or have monetary value in order for it to fall under gambling legislation, it told a parliamentary committee. And then it talks about black markets and skin games and things that don't actually come up with Grand Theft Auto V. So as the BBC correctly notes in this news story, while throwing a little shade by using some Twitch quotes from a popular British Twitch streamer, uh, they're very likely in a scenario similar to what they discussed with respect to FIFA and other forms of loot boxes, which is the law currently as read in the UK does not limit this as gambling because once you spend $3 on a shark card, that money is never going to come out. 
you can spend it on cars in Grand Theft Auto Online. You can gamble it in the casino. You can do whatever it is else that you might do with those cash bucks. It's never coming back out to you. It will never have real-world monetary value, even if you might prefer winning that slot machine prize, getting that Ferrari, rather than losing that slot machine prize and not having access to those dollars anymore. And the reason I'm doing this video right now is because of this, absolutely, because this has been a news item on people's minds, but also because we can take a dive into United States law to see why it's very likely to have the same kind of reaction among U.S. regulators right now without a change in the law. So I've pulled up right now uh, essentially the Wiring Act. And the United States federal laws on online internet gambling are really, I hesitate to say screwed up exactly, but they're very confused. And a lot of this is because we have used in the United States a set of laws that weren't designed for this purpose, weren't designed really to regulate online gaming, and have used them in unusual ways, amended them in other ways to regulate sports betting across uh, telephone wires and ultimately across the internet, and to attack the financing sources for betting, because that's what the existing law did. And so what we've got here is a definition that's really focused on eliminating the financing sources for gambling. We don't actually have a really well-focused online internet betting federal law. But we can see here that the definition has the same issue that we might see in the United Kingdom, which says a better wager is the staking or risking by any person of something of value upon the outcome of a contest of others, a sporting event, or in this case, a game subject to chance, upon an agreement or understanding that the person or another person will receive something of value in the event of a certain outcome. So we've got two issues here, right? If you're talking about a Grand Theft Online casino, you have to wager something of value. And we've already talked about the fact that the virtual currency, whether it's your fake dollars or whether it's the chips that you get from the casino, the law doesn't see those as something of value right now. And in a similar way, if you bet those, and you get more virtual currency out, the law doesn't see that as you getting something of value. So in no respect, under this definition, which is the primary definition that we might regulate online internet gambling, under United States federal law, we don't have something of value either being bet or being won. Taking a look at my home state of Michigan, because the way the United States works is that each state has its own laws that can come in and regulate further, beyond federal law or differently from federal law, as long as they don't conflict, we have the Michigan Gaming Control and Revenue Act. And this is basically the, the overall set of definitions in which um, regulation of gambling occurs in the state of Michigan. And it says a gambling game means any game played with cards, dice, equipment, or a machine, including any mechanical, electromechanical, or electronic device, which shall include computers and cashless wagering systems, so video poker and potentially something online like this, for money credit, or any representative of value. And then they say, including a bunch of different things that you might think of, slot machines, chuckaluck, poker, things like that. But again, they have the same restriction. It has to be for money, credit, or any representative of value. I thought I would also take a look at California really quickly because California tends to have laws that are potentially the most distinct from the other laws in the various states of the United States. And so I pulled up the California law and they cover it in a couple different places. This is actually the California Business and Professions Code. The statutes in California are separated into various different codes that cover specific subject matter. And they say that gambling means to deal, operate, carry on, conduct, maintain, or expose for play any controlled game, which even though it's not capitalized, we can recognize as something that's defined. So we look up the definition of control game, and it says any control game is defined by subdivision E of section 337J of the penal code. 
He said, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to do some cross-referencing because this is, the, this is the section of their statute that talks about licensing and how to do betting and gambling and how to do horse racing, all in compliance with their laws. But they actually define it over in the penal code because it's a penalty for not doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. So we go all the way over to the penal code, which lucky for you, because you're in virtual legality, I've already got set up to talk about. And it says, as used in this section, a controlled game, which is the defined term we're looking for in the business code of California, means any poker or pie gal game. Okay, not terribly useful. And any other game played with cards or tiles or both and approved by the Department of Justice. Okay, still not useful. And any game of chance. There it is. Including any gambling device played for currency, check, credit, or any other thing of value. Now you look at that language and you say, okay, we're not necessarily talking about currency or, or check. We might be talking about credit. When read in its entirety, you look at that and you say, when it says other thing of value, it's implied that it means that a currency check or credit has to have value in and of itself. But maybe it's a little bit broader than what the state of Michigan has put forth and what the federal law has put forth. Maybe you can read currency check or credit as not having inherent value in and of itself if you really wanted to regulate this. I think that's a very tough reading, but I can see somebody motivated to bring an action against Take-Two or Rockstar as trying to use language like this to suggest that it is something that is covered uh, under, under the language of this law. Uh, but overall, I think one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, why do all these statutes, why does everybody define gambling by this notion of having something of value, either bet or won? And I think the answer is pretty intuitive. I think the answer, if you're thinking about when we're talking about games of chance, when we're talking about playing sorry with your kids at your house or playing life or playing anything else that involves dice or a spinner or even potentially some video games that have a luck component, we don't want to outlaw, the, outlaw those things. We don't want to say that somehow you have bet on them, that it's a controlled game. If you tell your friend that, that you're going to beat them at sorry and the ultimate winnings is nothing except, uh, you know, the, the, the mark of the gentleman or whatever it is that you wind up uh, betting. And so the law has to be very careful. And I would caution this when we talk about changes that the law should make to cover things like Grand Theft Auto V. The law has to be very careful to try not to make outlaws out of people that most folks would would see as doing relatively benign activities. And one of the issues that's always apparent when you're looking at laws, when you're looking at statutes, as we did when we looked at Senator Hawley's bills uh, earlier in virtual legality, is it's very easy to draft things in a non-specific way, in an ambiguous way that really is best read as drawing in a whole host of things that you didn't intend. So if we just take out the concept of you don't need to have a thing of value, then this would just say, a controlled game is any game of chance that is not prohibited and made unlawful by statute or local ordinance. And so, hey, if that's it, if it's any game of chance, can we play Dungeons and Dragons at home? Can we play Monopoly? Monopoly uses, you know, paper money to go with those dice rolls and things of that nature. Are those prohibited? So we really have to take a look and say, no, we obviously don't want those things to be prohibited. So what are the changes that could be made? I think one of the changes that you could make, if this was a real concern item of yours, is you could say, okay, the law looks at this and says, this particular currency doesn't have value. Why does it think that? And so we look at the Rockstar Games terms of service, and this is for their online services. So this encompasses 
what we're talking about when we're talking about things that are played online. And it says uh, the description of online services, as I said, we're talking about things that are played online. We get to virtual currency and virtual goods. The online services, including software, may offer the ability to purchase and or earn via gameplay a limited license to use virtual currency and or virtual goods exclusively within applicable software and services provided by the company. Virtual currency and or virtual goods may never be used in connection with an agreement with other individuals to wager any money or other thing of value. So you can't take your virtual currency, you can't bet it on something. This is designed by its language to try to get at some of the issues that Valve was facing with its quote-unquote skin games, as the BBC termed them, where you would uh, notionally bet skins to get better skins and you would lose money potentially on these third-party websites, things of that nature. Such license is subject to and specifically conditioned upon your acceptance of and compliance with the EULA, the End User License Agreement, this agreement, and any other applicable policies or agreements. All in-game virtual currency and or virtual goods may be consumed or lost by players in the course of gameplay, according to the game's rules applicable to currency and goods, which may vary, and then see the EULA for more. So that's a pretty vague statement, right? That basically just says you can't bet with your virtual currency with others, other individuals, and you can't and, and you can consume your virtual currency. You can lose them in ways that the the game posits. So if you die in Grand Theft Auto Online, you could lose a portion of your dollars. It's designed as a penalty. You're agreeing to that, even if you would have bought a shark card in order to get five hundred thousand dollars. If you then die, uh, I presume I haven't actually played Grand Theft Auto Online in a long time. That you'll lose a portion of that money, just like you do in the normal game, in order to penalize death. Uh, and to to keep you on your toes. But the actual language here that we're interested in is in the EULA, which we see by cross-reference. So let's pull that up. So right now we're looking at the Rockstar Games end-user license agreement. And this is the agreement that goes with their software uh, rather than just their online services. And this is the longer document. We've looked through a lot of these in virtual legality at this point, and they have a huge section on virtual currency and virtual goods, which makes a lot of sense. If you followed Rockstar's business model at this point, they are making almost all their money through Grand Theft Auto Online 5. They scuttled plans for Grand Theft Auto Online 5 single-player downloadable content because, frankly, they were just making too much money in Grand Theft Auto 5 Online. That's why you have a piece of downloadable content, a patch, really, that is as big as the casino, that seems to have quests and brand-new assets and all of this stuff because they are making so much money through the sale of their their shark cards and for the uses of funds all across their Grand Theft Auto V online infrastructure. But it does mean when you have that revenue focus and you need to make sure that it's protected, that the lawyers get to the terms and conditions and they say, we have to talk about these virtual currencies and virtual goods a lot. And so we're not going to read the whole thing because there's a lot here that isn't particularly applicable to casino usage. But Let's take a look at the language that I've highlighted to see what they define virtual currency and virtual goods as and how they are getting outside of the gambling restrictions that we might otherwise see in the UK or in the United States. It says virtual currency and virtual good is a medium of exchange exclusively within the software used to gain access to and certainly limited rights to use virtual goods within the software. In other words, you can go, you can use your shark card, you can get 500,000 Grand Theft Auto bucks and you could potentially buy a car with those Grand Theft Auto bucks. Or in this case, you can buy chips, uh, and then you can use those chips to either gamble, get services rather than goods, or you can use those chips 
to buy a different car from the casino or to buy a penthouse, it sounded like, or to otherwise decorate that penthouse. Now, while it does have that intervening step of you can take those chips and you can try to multiply them and potentially lose them in the process, it's difficult to see how it's ultimately distinct from I put my money in, a loot box pops out, and I get something I want or I don't want. Adding in a middleman step of I put money in, I take these chips, I play a slot machine, which is an awful lot like a loot box. It's a game of chance in the same way. And then something pops out that I like or I don't like. That doesn't seem distinct to me from what the UK said earlier this week and from what I expect the United States will ultimately say from a regulatory perspective if the law stands as it currently does. It says VC and VG, that's currency and goods, do not have an equivalent value in real currency and do not act as a substitute for real currency. So again, here's Rockstar saying these don't have value laws. These are not valuable at all. We're selling them for essentially time and usefulness in a game of and a piece of software which we control and there's no way to get them back out. So you don't need to regulate us as a bank. You don't need to regulate us as some kind of securities broker. You don't need to regulate us as a gambling entity because this money is gone. You acknowledge and agree that licensor may revise or take action that impacts the perceived value of or purchase price for any VC and or VG at any time, except as prohibited by applicable law. Said another way, not only is it not money, these, these Grand Theft Auto bucks that you're getting or these Grand Theft Auto chips that you are getting, we could close the casino tomorrow. And yeah, we'd have to deal with the fallout, the business fallout and all the bad PR, and we might have to fix it that way. But the legislature can't come in and say, you stole that money from people. We've reserved the right to essentially say, we can change things. We can change the slot machines so that if they are $10,000 a pull or 10,000 chips a pull right now, we can make them 50,000 chips a pull tomorrow. And that would lower the perceived value of your purchase. We wouldn't do it in all likelihood because that would be bad for our business and for our brand. But we can do it if we need to because this isn't money. Continuing on, when they describe virtual currency and virtual goods, it says, VC and or VG may never be used in connection with an agreement with other individuals to wager any money or other thing of value. VC and VG may only be redeemed for in-game goods and services. VC and VG have no cash value, and neither licensor nor any other person or entity has any obligation to exchange your VC or VG for anything of value, including but not limited to real currency. So they did all of the steps that you would assume that they had done if you were a lawyer or if you were otherwise following this in the news to say, look, those take two bucks, those Grand Theft Auto bucks, the coins, the chips, whatever else we are delivering to you in exchange for your $3 or your seven pounds or whatever it is that we're collecting, you are acknowledging that this is essentially gone. There's no way you can get it back. Now, if you're a video gamer like me, you look at this and you say, all right, I understand that all from a legal perspective. That being said, those chips, that seven pounds, those $3, whatever it is, is obviously inherently psychologically more valuable to me if I put them in the slot machine and that slot machine pays out 10 times what I had before. And they have an equivalent dollar value because, hey, it cost me seven pounds to get 500,000. And if I multiply that by 10, then I essentially have 70 pounds worth of chips I could have spent 70 pounds on. And in fact, People are spending 70 pounds on or $10 or whatever it is because you're making so much money that people are obviously spending amounts to get those shark cards, to get those dollars. And presumably you didn't put this in out of the kindness of your heart. You are 
thinking that it will be a driver of continued expenses. Why shouldn't you be regulated as a gambling entity? At which point their lawyers say, well, we're not. So what are you going to do about it? And so I think it's it, I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have. I think there are folks that are out there that are looking at this and saying, well, this is normalizing the act of gambling. And, and just like Red Dead really did outside of the, the monetary question, which is that you're playing poker and blackjack and other things in a casino. And then the question becomes, you know, should our laws be made solely to protect the children? If we are okay with casinos existing in real life, are we okay with casinos existing virtually as long as you know, there's a there's a warning put on there. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, as the BBC points out, is already a mature rated game. Is already stated as having a whole list of vices on the back of its box, and so is it the purview of the law to suggest that even though it is limited to M, even though it does say don't really play this unless you're uh, older than 17 uh, and older than other ages in various other countries, if that all exists, but we know that some 12 year old somewhere is playing it. Do we have the obligation to outlaw all of these things in the game? And in general, I would argue no. In general, I think if you've followed virtual legality, you know that I generally believe that we shouldn't make our decisions. We shouldn't make our laws. We shouldn't prohibit adults from making decisions on their own uh, solely because a child might make a different decision because they don't, presumably under the law, have the same cognitive ability to make judgment calls. But outside of that argument, I have another one, which is to say... I think it is a useful function for these kinds of low-cost casinos to exist. So I've got, I pulled up the iTunes top grossing charts and we can see Pandora's high grossing, Netflix, Candy Crush Saga, all the usual suspects. But we see at number 13, uh, slot, Slotomania Vegas, which is an app that essentially allows you to play Las Vegas slot machines. And it gives you free chips and you put them into Las Vegas slot machines and you hopefully get chips out. And if you don't, if you eventually run out of chips, uh, you have to wait to get bonus chips, I think. Uh, or you can buy more, of course, because the one thing I, we're looking at here is the top grossing apps. So people are putting money into Slot Mania Vegas. And how are they making money? It's by selling chips. But there's never anything else that can come out of it other than more access to play more slot machines in that application. And I look at this and I say, you know, I've had a number of family members that have dealt with gambling issues that are attracted to gambling. And I know these same family members have found uh, solace in apps like this and on other kinds of uh, applications, not on mobile necessarily, but on PC, where you essentially do the same thing, that they like the lights and the colors of the slot machine. They like seeing a number go up in the corner, whatever it is. Um, but they don't necessarily want to gamble all that money. They don't want to lose all that money in the casinos here in Michigan or the casinos in Las Vegas or wherever else they might find themselves. And this has proven to be a useful stopgap for them. This has proven to be useful from an, from an adult perspective to uh, entertain them, to give them time that they would otherwise have. And on a comparison to the real casinos, a much, much, much cheaper experience, even if it is a significant amount of money when we look at it against any purchase price for another video game. So I think like most things, it's a complicated question. The legislature has to deal with, which is, okay, we want to protect kids. We want to make sure kids are protected. We don't necessarily want to ban things that adults could otherwise choose to engage in, especially if those things might actually be more useful than the alternative. 
they might be more useful than a full-on gambling bitch at a real casino. Just like in certain circumstances, some vices that have some alternatives might be more useful. You might be better off vaping than smoking cigarettes, and that might be okay. And what prohibitions and what regulations should be put on those uh, vaping sources rather than cigarettes? These are all questions that the legislature has to constantly ask itself. And I think it's very easy to simplify these questions when we're talking about things in the media, when we're talking about thing, these things in news reports, to just shake our hands and say, oh, my stars, that looks bad. I don't want it to exist that way. What can we do? There ought to be a law. And all I would caution you on, and I think if you get to the end of a virtual legality episode, you're probably on board with this, is that these things are complicated and that the legislature probably should look at these issues, should decide whether or not something uh, should be done or shouldn't be done. I think, frankly, the year before a presidential election, the year before a major kind of referendum on the, on the state of the country and the direction that it's going, probably isn't the time when there's a high level of appetite for taking on the video game industry, for regulating these types of things. I would expect Senator Hawley to make a comment on these things because he has the existing loot box bill and because it'll be useful as a cudgel for trying to convince people that the gaming industry is trying to deceive and uh, addict your sons and daughters. I think that's useful for him as a bit of a demagogue on these points. But outside of that, I think it's important to note that it really is a complicated question. There are good uh, thoughts on really both sides. And while I personally tend to lean towards we should find a way to make it available for adults, while yes, limiting it for children. And I think the best way to do that is to say when you're buying a shark card uh, and maybe when you're exchanging a shark card, I don't know how that process works in Grand Theft Auto precisely, Yes, you have to have a credit card in play because credit cards can only be uh, properly owned, legally owned, contractually validly owned, validly owned uh, by adults uh, and non-minors, and non that you have that credit card be a requirement of that transaction. I think you get 99% of the problems out of the way while still allowing adults uh, to do what they want to do with the product that they've purchased. Uh, and that's virtual legality for today. If you like this video, please do like, please subscribe. We're talking about these things all the time. We talked about gambling a lot this week and potentially what is gambling and what is not. You can see in the corner there, we talked about it in respect to FIFA and the UK's decision on gambling laws uh, on Tuesday. And we've talked a lot about, uh, about a lot of things, including Nintendo getting sued, about the uh, face app terms and conditions, which were in the news a lot last week and those kinds of things. So if you like this, Please share it around. I can't get every, everywhere on the internet. And if you think this is useful, I'd love to have those conversations with new folks that are being introduced to virtual legality in general. And these questions of law uh, and legislatures and statutes and terms and conditions uh, more specifically. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you caught this on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And please do review it and potentially leave a comment on the podcast service that you're listening to it on. That does a great deal of help for getting us noticed in that podcast environment where there are tons and tons and tons uh, of competitors and, and folks that are otherwise putting, putting news and putting commentary out there. Otherwise, thanks very much again, and I will catch you on the next episode of Virtual Legality. <laughs>